0: <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to podcast number 81 of the MetaBealers 2 podcast. My name is Ben. And I am David. And uh, we are the MetaBealers 2, and this is our podcast. Mm. And uh, what are we going to be talking about tonight, David?
1: We are going to talk about the U.S. screening of the omnibus version of Genesis of the Daleks and the Tom Baker interview that
0: followed it. Exactly. So I saw my. Um, I went to uh, the Regal Bella Bottega Stadium Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> That's a name to conjure with in Redmond, the home of the home of lovely Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Um, to see my screening, uh, where did you go?
1: I was in Beaverton at uh, Cedar Hill
0: Crossing. Very cool. And um, how was the experience? So was it? Is it? Is that a luxury? Luxury cinema? It was a luxury. Was a
1: luxury uh, the big, big, comfy reclining chairs, seats, reclining right? seats, uh, reserved seating, etc., etc., cetera. Et cetera, et cetera. Ah, very nice. Uh, how about
0: yourself? It wasn't quite as luxurious as some of the other. It wasn't good as the as the uh, uh, as the. I think it's the. There's a cinema I go to in Woodinville, which is super comfortable with reclining mm-hmm. seats and squashy stuff. And um, this wasn't quite as luxurious as I'd been hoping, but it was pretty luxurious. And of course, you know, there weren't that many people there. there, were, probably really? about 30, there were about thirty people mm. there. Um, so I was able to get a good seat. I mean, it was in you know, it was in it was in Redmond. I think if I'd gone out to uh, if I'd gone into Seattle, I probably would have seen more. But mm-hmm. you know what? I couldn't be bothered, so I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, the usual smattering of kind of fat middle-aged men uh, including myself (laughs) in t-shirts. A lot of gray beards a lot of gray beards. (laughs) Exactly Um, crazy looking uh, middle-aged women that's not including myself but there were some young'uns there as well so that was nice Mm -hmm. to see.
1: There was a few families there that I saw. Oh that's good Mm -hmm. excellent. So mom and dad bring it looked like eight nine ten-year-olds to see good old Tom Baker on the Big screen.
0: Well, very good. And there was some very amusing trivia beforehand. I was enjoying the trivia, which oh. is, seemed to be quite accurate. All
1: we got was BBC trailers. Really?
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's too bad. I mean, we got some BBC trailers. There was like, you know the future is female or something. Yeah, some kind that, of woman centric one. Yep. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is fine. You know, I like I like women, obviously. Um <laughs> but yeah, no, if you got there early like I did or earlier, there mm-hmm. was a whole bunch of kind of Trivias about, you know, uh, did you know that Colin Baker is not related to Tom Baker? That kind of trivia. Mm-hmm. You know, which was just always good to have. Mm-hmm. So that was fun.
1: Any cosplayers in the crowd?
0: Sadly, no cosplayers. I was bitterly disappointed. <laughs> um, I was looking for a NIDA or a Davros. <laughs> maybe a Garmin. Yep. Um, yep. Ronson. You know, that would have been a good a Ronson, one. A Ronson. A yep. Ronson would have been... Yeah, I was thinking... Or Ronson a giant be, clam. <laughs> or a giant clam. Um, there were no... There were no... There were no gaudily gas-masked car-led soldiers at all that mm-hmm. was that was a shame yeah, yeah but uh, nope none of that none of that mm-hmm. how about you Any yeah. cosplaying yeah the, the, the closest list?
1: thing we had to cosplay was uh a few people wearing fezes uh, looked like clayton hickman design t-shirts oh okay so that's okay. not really cosplaying that's just uh yeah. uh geeking
0: out in your fandom i guess that's true yeah i should have worn my one of my doctor who t-shirts but mm-hmm. it was too cold yeah, so I didn't. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been chilly g-
1: in the Pacific Northwest here. Well, it's it's
0: Juniory, isn't it? Isn't this what they call it around yeah. here? <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. um Yeah. So yeah, you know, I, again, I should have I should have got out the old fez and bow tie, but decided not to. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: What did you think of the picture
0: quality itself? Picture quality, I was quite impressed with actually. Um, I would you know, agree. I yeah. I, I think we said last week. Um, you know, this is a 45-year-old show shot on um, video. Mm-hmm. The picture quality is not really going to be, you know, it's not going to be digital quality. Mm-hmm. But it was pretty good. It was pretty good. You know, and parts of it were fuzzy around the edges. Right. Um, I was amused at the beginning when they when they announced proudly that uh, Doctor of the Genesis of Daleks will be shown in its original aspect <laughs> ratio, i.e. as if it's a giant TV set from yep. 1974. So that was that was, yeah, that was actually amusing. <laughs> yeah. Was there yeah, much I mean, fan
1: interaction during it, Any cheering or laughing? Uh,
0: not really. I mean, it's kind of. I mean, yeah. As we'll probably come on to. I mean, Genesis of the Daleks is a pretty grim, pretty grim affair. Um, there aren't actually a huge amount of opportunities for cheering. There was a cheer when the, when the total destruct button came <laughs> up. Yeah, there was a big laugh in our crowd. <laughs> Um, that's that's uh, yeah. That's always a fan favorite, the total destruct button. Mm-hmm. But um, no, not a huge amount. You know, I mean, it's not quite. Uh, sadly, I don't think. Well, not sadly, but i obviously, obviously. Genesis of the Darts hasn't quite reached the status of the Rocky Horror Picture Show yet, right. so people weren't throwing well, clams at the screen.
1: <laughs> yeah that would have been good actually that would have been good yeah well
0: i mean you know let's let's address the clam in the room where Mm. were the clams there were no clams oh no clams i was just talking about this with a friend of mine over the weekend Mm -hmm. we were talking about how uh, at least i was talking about he was just kind of humoring me (laughs) um how quicksand when i was a kid quicksand was like just an omnipresent potential danger in your life. Mm. And, uh, you know, we spend a lot of time sort of thinking about, like, what would we do mm-hmm. if we fell into quicksand? Like, how would we escape if quicksand became a thing? Little did we know, of course, when you're an adult, like, quicksand is really not, is not a thing that you come across very often. Right. If at all, to be honest. Similarly, with giant clams. <laughs> I remember being absolutely <laughs> terrified by giant clams. Terrestrial like,
1: giant clams. Yeah, if I went swimming...
0: <laughs> like in Australia or wherever uh-huh. giant clams live and like a giant clam grab me mm-hmm. by the ankle right like what would over. i do it'd be over it's it's game over yep. the giant <laughs> clam has you and in its, in it's in its toothy maw and um <laughs> you're done and you know and that, and I, I i'm wondering whether you know the fear of the giant clam well, maybe that was a particularly 70s thing because i mean it's pretty left field when you know, the giant clams attack Harry. Um, it's like, well, you know, it could have been any kind of monster, but right. it was a giant clam that attacked him. So I was upset to see the, that NIDA's clams were not, were not mm-hmm. included.
1: Yeah, it was very truncated. The pacing was very rushed, I felt. You know, they had to cut out a whole hour yeah. from the storyline. So they whittled it down to the bare bones, and it was pretty much the genesis of the Daleks centering around Davros, but also keeping track of that... Uh, The bracelet. uh, Yeah, the old time bracelet, yeah. Yeah. That seemed to even have more prominence with the editing. The time ring, that's what it is. The time ring had more prominence in the omnibus format than it really did in the six-part, six-week-long, episodic Genesis of the Dalek. It heightened that, I felt. Yeah, I think
0: so. Well, I mean, you know, again, I mean, we may as well, you know, engage in the main bit of conversation. I mean, the point of these... I mean, it is a you know. Uh, you say *Genesis* Daleks, the director's cut. Well, everyone knows the point of a director's <laughs> cut is you get more of what you like, right. not less of what you
1: like. This is a BBC scheduler cut. This is a BBC
0: <laughs> scheduler cut. It's like we've got we've got an hour and a half. Make this into an hour and a half. Okay. Right. Well, I'll just go through and I'll cut out all of the good stuff, right. and I'll leave. I'll just leave the plot in. You know, we miss. You know, there's a bit at the beginning. It's a bit confusing. Quite a bit you, at me- the
1: beginning, actually.
0: Yeah, I and mean, you you miss all of that messing around with the uh, the lower low general, whatever he's Guy called, Guy Sinner, General Raven, General Raven. Exactly, he's a he's a great character, mm-hmm. you know. And all the messing around with the Doctor's pockets, you miss right. all that, right. you know. You miss that horrible kind of sadistic scene where the file guard pretends to drop Sarah and then doesn't drop her. Mm-hmm. um yep. on the top of the rocket right. you kind of actually miss like why they're climbing to the top of the rocket in the first place right which i guess you kind of understand eventually but you know it's yeah
1: like, it's very i would find my mind just filling in the gaps and holes and sort of mm-hmm. like oh we've made a leap and the pacing the cut between sarah with the thals and the doctor uh with his timeline and hit and harry it was it was all compressed and it was i I haven't gone back and watched, you know, since, since this was last night, since it was broadcast yeah, or yeah. was in the theaters. I haven't gone back and w- watched Genesis. But it seemed to be my recollection as the pacing was, they interweaved the scenes more than what's in the television serial. And that kind of compression mm-hmm. almost added to the, it, I wouldn't say confusion, but just uh, trying to follow the storyline. Okay, Sarah's on her vector, the yeah. Doctor and Harry on are on theirs.
0: Well, I mean, one of the great things about Genesis of the Daleks is it does counterpoint the Thals and the Carleds really cleverly. It also, and I talking like this, is the, you're talking about the full version right, of, of, right, of, right. of Genesis of the Daleks. It's also, you know, you have that completely shocking realization because, you know, you've been brought up to understand that the Thals are the good guys. Right. Um, you know, they, they, were, they were the good guys in the Daleks, and mm-hmm. they were the good guys in the Planet of the Daleks. Right. And you kind of realise actually the Thals are just as bad as the Khalids. Right. The entire planet has devolved into this kind of horrific um, mm-hmm. you know, struggle um, where there are there are no good people, and you know, <laughs> you know, and it's a nice. It's a very, very cleverly put forward message about war is that war dehumanizes us, de- de-humanizes us all. Mm-hmm. It makes the people who are human less human. Right. And of course, you know, the central metaphor is that actually in, in order to win the war, um, not only does Davros have to kill everybody, apart of, including himself, um, but he has to literally dehumanize his race and make them into monsters. And that mm. is the only... So, you know, and I think you kind of lose... You, you kind lose, lose a lot of, of that. depth. You lose a lot of that depth, a lot of that subtlety. You know mm-hmm. that bit where Davros is drumming his uh, fingers on his side of his console when he's waiting for something. I can't actually remember, but that's something always stuck in my mind. Right. Whenever I drum my fingers, I think, oh yeah, I'm being like <laughs> Davros now, right? And you know the great bit at the end when Davros pleads with the Daleks and says, "Do you have no? You, do right. you have no? You have no pity?" And the Dalek goes, "A pity." Uh, does not compute or whatever, you know, whatever the Dalek says. Um, that's cut out, which is a shame right. because, again, it you know... Ended that, it ended
1: very abruptly, yeah. Yeah, it's
0: that kind of amazing kind of betrayal or realization that Davros has, which is, you know, he he's made these creatures who he believes are his, you know, his finest creation and they will obey him, except... But they he has taught them or he has uh, made them unable to comprehend any of the emotions that he kind of takes for granted. Right. And he's, he's also unable, made them unable to comprehend Mm -hmm. that he's in charge of them.
1: Yeah. We also lose the whole comparison to the mutos because in the loss of humanity, in the college turning into Daleks in the Thals uh, committing genocide to win the war, we see, the The more human character being the Muto with Severin being you know looking after Sarah pitching in uh, the, those type of observations. I mean, we get a little bit. Uh, I think why do we always have to kill Beauty at the beginning? I right. think it was part of end of part one or end or beginning of part two. So there, there's definitely that. But the whole idea of the Mutos is kind of glossed over or. I mean, Nidor gives the uh, diseased or mutated relics of ourselves from the chemical war, the first century of this war. But it, I just felt that the whole concept, that whole contrast of the Muto was missing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it, abs- it absolutely was. And, you know, the whole, uh, we're just going to list all the things they missed out that were good. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the the, the, the and Sarah being tortured, you know, which is, again, completely horrific. And they keep in stuff that you know cliffhangers that um, were okay but weren't amazing. You know the doctor being attacked by that electric fence. It was a nice, nice cliffhanger, but it's a little bit superfluous. But that was kept in.
1: Well, I think he almost needed it for narratively for how yeah how for he gets that stuff. transition yeah. between okay he sends Harry and Sarah off back to warn the, war the Collards, and then he's trying to sabotage the Thaw rocket, and then how does he then get? captured so you you needed that bit you needed that transition there to do the link
0: yeah i mean there are a few things that it, i think it gained uh, it's less obvious that these two cities are about a mile <laughs> apart yes especially the model of general i've forgotten his name again who's the raven the beginning raven the general raven special model which is like <laughs> oh look And the witches (laughs) right next door to each other. Uh, um, Which, you know, you can hand wave away by saying the planet's been so kind of ravaged by war over the centuries that actually they have to live next door. You know, and again, obviously, you you realize they do live next door because they're always nipping backwards and forwards, including Davros in his wheelchair is able to kind of nip over to the Thar City without too much trouble. Um, However, that is kind of more obscured, I think, because you don't see that model. and You don't kind of see the models from time to time. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely pacier. If that's what you were looking for, I wonder if the details are enough of a loss that you didn't grasp the story if you didn't know the story already.
0: Yeah, I would have been really interested. No, I wouldn't, actually. you know, <laughs> It would have been interesting to canvas my fellow watchers last night and say, like, how many of you have seen uh, um, The Death of the Daleks before? And, mm-hmm. you know, how many of you are, you know, you know knew who fans who are checking out some old who right i would have liked actually and they should have asked me to do it i mean there should have been a compare you know there should have been someone kind of introducing this um that wouldn't have been that hard to do but whatever your name is right. you know you could have very easily invited me to kind of introduce <laughs> introduce the show but anyway whatever mm-hmm. I so just like carmen
1: before we move on do you have anything more to say about the actual edit the omnibus edit
0: to- um, it's well as I said it it's not as good as watching the full six episodes right. of like you know 2 hours okay. plus. It's How about just not the, as good.
1: The the other special thing with it with the upscaled omnibus version so the the pictures look for the most part pretty decent but yep. Mark Ayers did a five, one soundtrack for it so there is additional sound effects uh, added depth to the sound with uh, gun smoke or machinery and that type of stuff how'd that go over for you
0: Um, I think like all of the best soundtracks I didn't notice the soundtrack which means it was probably really really good I Mm -hmm. mean I certainly I didn't notice any any problems with it and it told the story really really well so Mm -hmm. yes I think probably Mark did an excellent job how about about you What what, what did you think um,
1: I was pretty conscious of it because the noises or the sound effects to add depth to it, such as uh, r- ambient room noises or battlefield noises, kind of drowned out dudley simpson 's soundtrack oh, so you're very tuned to dudley's work yeah yes. so i I just for some of the some of the riffs I just was expecting and they, I could hear faintly, but it was more, I could hear the wind cranking up more or the room, the ventilation system or something like that. The other thing that I noticed is Genesis is pretty Dalek light as it is, but then this omnibus edit made the Daleks pretty, pretty absent through, through the story.
0: Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, you were looking for, uh, yes, exactly. I mean, again, you know, I think, um, in some ways, I think that's okay because you it's you know the genesis of the Daleks. Mm-hmm. You maybe it's hard for me to watch it because it's it's one I know really really well. But right. yeah, I mean there were fewer Daleks. You know, I mean there is the great bit which I I'm sure is just tr- trickery where you think there's only three Daleks, um, and then bam, no, there's like a lot more of them. <laughs> <a> um, Twelve. <laughs> there's there's a whole bunch of Daleks, yep. which is exciting. I like that very much. You know and that end massacre, which is such a horrifically over, overly lovingly shot massacre, you know, where um, <laughs> I think one of the scientists tries to kind of run away, but like NIDA grabs him and kind of throws him back and he gets doubly exterminated. I mean, that was very heavily cut, which is right. a shame because that's absolutely super. And mm-hmm. um, it was quite, I mean, there was, was plenty of NIDA, which was nice. I mean, he's a great character. Mm-hmm. And we obviously, we're very sad to have lost Peter, Peter Mars mm-hmm. quite, quite recently. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing that actually worked amazingly well is that Davros, that John Friedlander Davros mask which you get a lot of pretty intensive close-ups of, you cannot see the joints on that. I mean, mm-hmm. that is an amazing piece of work. And the hands as well. I mean, those were gloves, obviously, right. that um, Michael Wisher was wearing. It is a very, very, very convincing piece of makeup. Mm-hmm. I mean, and just horrific. I mean, you know, obviously, Wisher just dived head first into into that characterization. Right. You know, there's mouth dye, so you don't really, all you really see is his horrible pink tongue you know mm-hmm. his teeth are kind of black right um it's just it's and again it, that stood up you know and it was 10 feet tall plus on the on the screen mm-hmm. um but i i was totally you know i that i was totally in the uh, uh no, no no willing suspension of disbelief for me i i believe that that was davros
1: yeah since so familiar with the story i was looking for what can i see different what can i hear different I was paying attention to how the upscaling was working, and in some places it worked better than others. I was paying attention right. to, well, these are details that I could see or not, and uh, some of the details were pretty amazing. That I mean, like the texture of people's hair was pretty detailed, and mm-hmm. the you know this story was never designed to be shown on a big screen, let alone again or, or again, right? Ridiculous. So. So we've had ample opportunity to both memorize this and uh, and just focus on different yeah, things, I yeah, guess.
0: Yeah, yeah. Actually, one one thing that let, let out of me that I hadn't really kind of fully noticed how prominent they were before is those Dravin guns. <laughs> <laughs> like, sh- shout out to the Dravins and their and their arms dealing <laughs> expertise. Yeah. Um, Big finish! It's time for an arms dealing draven uh, mm. audio mm-hmm. where the uh, where the dravens are dealing arms to the Thals and the carlids right. with a kind of with a uh, with a scaro war background. Mm-hmm. I'm I love I'm loving that. We I need it, we a need great a, a
1: female Ron Dutt from Power of Crawl to absolutely like <laughs> with a big a sexy, beehive.
0: <laughs> a, 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 you know, with a big beehive and like just being really evil. Mm-hmm. Um, she could be a returning character. Um, come on get with the program ronda Dutt. Yeah, ronda Dutt, exactly <laughs> exactly and her and her cool outer space guns yeah yeah so those are uh, those let i mean i think maybe those let out to me more than usual because they were really big mm-hmm. um and of course you know we've we've obviously seen them more recently in new who as mm-hmm. well so
1: yeah. yeah, so it was nice a uh, little bit of introduction with Tom sitting by the fire and uh, saying he'd be terribly disappointed if he didn't like oh, it. Tom. Right, <laughs> but the 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 post interview I think it was with with Matthew Sweet.
0: Matthew Sweet, yes. What did you make of that? Um, I liked that very much. I, it was it's obviously an extra in some kind,
1: mm-hmm. probably on the Blu-ray.
0: Yeah, because there were those kind of little bit confusing kind of chapter headings. Mm-hmm. Um, which implied it was going to go on for a long time and then it didn't go on for a long time. Right? Uh, yeah, I, I and mean, he's a very good interviewer mm-hmm. and asks very good questions. You know, he's a really intelligent writer, I think, on Who in general. And, you know, he doesn't ask the usual questions and he kind of probes a bit more possibly of someone like, someone mm-hmm. like Tom. I mean, kudos for Tom for, you know, kind of agreeing to be interviewed yet again <laughs> about... <laughs> in and sit in an incredibly uncomfortable, uncomfortable. Chair there yeah and i was interview. noticing you know his his legs looked a bit uncomfortable he had those big those big squashy right. shoes on which are presumably because his feet are mm-hmm. hurting him but uh yeah i mean i i like matthew sweet i think he's i think he's good
1: yeah so i i, I don't know maybe i was more touched by just how sad tom baker seemed in that uh, interview and um, his insecurity, I think, even at this advanced yeah. age of eighty four is still showing
0: yeah when it 's obvious that like the entire country and probably the entire planet like love him to death right um he 's still super insecure you know mm-hmm. and, i mean you know he 's a he's an awful old ham um (laughs) you know you get the impression that like you know he obviously in some ways enjoys playing up his you know insecurity and misery right right. um in some way Mm -hmm. and you know likes talking about how he's going to be dead soon because you know. well he
1: bought his tombstone what almost four decades ago
0: whenever exactly you know and he kind of enjoys that but still that doesn't make it kind of any less real and obviously you know he's had his struggles with you know depression and alcohol and mm-hmm. you know all that kind of thing yeah. um, but he's you know he's still a r- rather well. rough
1: family personal life too with leaving his young sons and getting divorced and then yep. you know the marriage with lala yep. etc the, the, mm-hmm. the whole being a monk thing you know which i think is <laughs> yeah
0: i think he's played for laughs but mm-hmm. you know that's a pretty radical thing for a teenage boy to go and do and then stop doing if you see what i mean mm-hmm. so yeah you know he's he's a relatively tortured soul okay. um
1: do you know if his wife has ever been interviewed i think it's I, Sue jared i'm not aware of that no okay. no Cause i mean it'd be interesting because they they seem to have a very successful relationship and it would just be interesting yeah. from her perspective what it's like to live with the boy who kicked pigs <laughs>
0: yeah you know i mean obviously you know he's probably mellowed a little bit since his you know Lala Ward being married days and all that kind of stuff. But well, still, that was yeah, only
1: that was only they they got married in eighty, so and, so it's only about a six year difference. So yeah, That's people true. can change quite a bit. I mean, Tom's change, entire yeah. run in Doctor Who was only what six seven years.
0: It is, and you know, and I think famously, you know, he he really kind of. Disdained and turned his back on who for many years. Oh,
1: far too long, actually.
0: Uh, yeah, which is a real well, yeah, it's a real shame for us. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, obviously it's his life and he can right. do what he wants with it. But you know, yes, we would have loved to have had him doing big finishes with you know with Sladen with with Sladen and with Mary Tam. He did a few with Mary right. Tam, obviously, but you know, with Mary Tam mm-hmm. and you know all the great great right, people right. who he can't do them with. You know, right. so I mean, it was it was very uh, one of the just thinking about the the genesis show, it was very sad to basically look at the screen and like everybody everybody's dead That's apart true. From Tom Baker. That's true. Michael uh, Wisher,
1: Peter Miles, Liz Slayton, Ian Martyr, I mean everyone.
0: The director, you know, yeah. yeah David Maloney. we yeah. still
1: have Philip Hinchcliffe, so but we Bob still have Phil. Bob That's Holmes true. is gone, Terry Nation is gone.
0: Yeah. What what did you think about Tom talking about um J N T uh
1: not surprised. Um <laughs> I do uh, I mean, I
0: laughed out loud <laughs> in the audience to show my agreement with mm-hmm. Tom on that.
1: But I think the feeling to depart the show was mutual, but I think it was certainly encouraged by JNT and he certainly didn't make things any he didn't encourage Tom and make make him feel welcome and within his own show, put it that way
0: yeah i think there's an element of passive aggressiveness to jnt which is basically well, i can't really sack this person because right. it's tom baker so i'm just going to make sure that he is uncomfortable enough that he's just going to decide to leave mm-hmm. um which is a little bit you know i mean if the, you know, the man should have said okay you know i am gonna this is now my show um you are too big a star you've been doing it for six years you need to leave now mm-hmm. and i think i think i would i would admire jnt more if he'd had the If he'd have the strength to do that, rather than just kind of you know make Tom so unhappy that Mm -hmm. he he felt he had to leave. Though again, you know JNT is also dead now, and you know Tom Baker is a terrible self dramatist. Right? Um, You know, uh, 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 unreliable narrator. (laughs) He's definitely an unreliable narrator (laughs) of everything. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
1: of everything. Yeah, Yeah. and I mean, it just I just I felt the interview was kind of hard to watch. It just it just left me very sad and just the. It's always in the back of your mind as a fan of Doctor Who from the nineteen seventies that Tom is Super old. getting up there in years. Yeah. He's and he's he's an old man, and his voice b- doesn't betray that. But y- when you listen to him, you can close your eyes and hear Tom, you know, a much younger Tom. But you know yeah. he he is an old man, and he moves like an old man. And mm. it, it it just was kind of sad to see how. You know like like you said he's unreliable as a narrator but how sad he does seem to be at times when he's thinking about his old own mortality and yeah. uh, the just the fear of what comes next for him
0: yeah well again i mean I think there's a couple of things that i think you know obviously someone you know who uh, originally was thinking about becoming something religious right. you know i mean you know, there was a time when he wouldn't have been worried about what was coming next mm-hmm. um, because, you know, he would, he would have been going to a better place. But right. I think, you know, he's kind of left that behind. and right. I think maybe one is scared. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell you, the saddest thing that I found about the interview was actually the very yeah. end where they were kind of ostensibly sharing a glass of wine together and like you know Tom obviously wasn't interested in having a glass of wine took a very very small sip right um, only had you know a third of a glass Mm -hmm. and you know if you think about Tom's glory days as like (laughs) one of one of the great drinkers of London and not an alcoholic but you know but and like not a kind of Peter O'Toole um uh, uh uh um i'm trying to think of other famous alcohol richard harris you know uh, richard burton kind of alcoholic actor right. but just someone who was you know a really great drunk that everybody wanted to be around mm-hmm. um it's you know and again maybe i'm maybe i it's kind of fa- it's kind of a facile sorrow to feel but the fact that he obviously is probably uh, nowadays really not able to enjoy alcohol anymore mm-hmm. um that's i i i found that sad actually yeah yeah, yeah. i mean you know he was he was a marvelous drinker, and mm-hmm. you know some people who drink are awful, like Oliver Reed. Some people who drink are absolutely fabulous, which I think is what Tom was like, by all accounts.
1: Yeah, so yeah. Um, kind of the bittersweet. It almost seemed like a he almost seemed to me like he was just saying goodbye during that interview, and I'll be interested in seeing the whole whole uh matthew sweet interview of um tom yeah at, on the yeah. blu-ray
0: i mean ironically you'll probably go on for another 20 years well something. let's hope so uh, let's hope so <laughs> let's hope so um but uh, so are you definitely picking up that blu-ray then
1: <laughs> well I'm embarrassed to say that i ordered the uh region a the and the region b copy of it so i have the uk version and the u.s version on order
0: and I'm impressed. Apparently, uh, the, 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 I'm assuming that Rita is still in the room. Uh, no, she's, she,
1: she... <laughs> she's long gone.
0: Excellent. Okay, because so you are able to say that without fear of reprisals. Until um... she
1: listens. I might have to edit that out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. Yeah, um, yeah I, 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 I still don't have a Blu-ray player, and mm-hmm. I'm sort of refusing to get one. Mm. So I've not ordered this. Um <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think there would have to be a lot of really great extras mm-hmm. for me to order this, and then also go out and Blu-ray player, right. and then have both a Blu-ray player and a DVD player, mm-hmm. and then have to hack my and blah 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 blah. It's right. too much trouble. So anyway, yeah, cool if you stuff. if you were
1: going to do it, you would need to just get a region-free Blu-ray player
0: that played both. I think they must exist by now, but they, I can't, they certainly I can't, do. I can't be bothered to find mm-hmm. one yet. Yeah, um, and I don't like the difference between Blu-rays, certainly single Blu-rays. I don't like that blue packaging that they have. I think that's <laughs> ugly. Um Well the certainly... UK
1: version is a nice uh bookshelf package. It's not that yeah. it's not that Blu-ray casing that
0: is in the US version. Yeah, which is kinda of horrible. Um Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm pleased that, I mean I'm going off on a tangent. I'm pleased that you know the the, the Blake seven that they're releasing is is also on DVD. Hmm the Blake Seven box set which is something mm-hmm. I probably will have to spring for at some point.
1: So my main motivation for getting it is uh it's, it's kind of future-proofing so when my old Sony big television goes to the electronic graveyard I I have a good copy to watch on one of the more modern televisions.
0: Well, kudos to you with the the, the soft glow of the <laughs> Yeah,
1: so it uh because the main thing I would be watching would be Doctor Who, and you know that's what it was designed for. So, this, Catholic, right, yeah. so this upscaling, I was pretty impressed with.
0: Well, that's, that's good. I, I have to say, I'm so grateful that I got rid of my CRT, not because I didn't like them, but I've moved so much <laughs> right. in the last couple of years. The idea that I would also be hulking around a giant mm-hmm. television made of glass would just kind of fills me with horror so I actually do like the fact that I can just lift up my television and kind of move Mm -hmm. it around yep Um, I would agree with that but
1: uh, you know prioritization on where resources go and when you're buying double copies of uh, Blu-rays you're not paying for the hardware to run it on (laughs) so (sighs) worth the uh, two hours it took on a Monday night to go
0: see yeah no, oh, I, 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 it was. I mean, again, it's. I knew it wasn't going to be any good. If you I mean. um, <laughs> but we weren't going
1: I, for it to be good.
0: No, I, I In some ways, I, I actually, I, I can't remember what the phrase is, but someone was using this phrase on the internet. In some ways, you, you go in order to spend the money to encourage them to do more of this kind of mm-hmm. thing.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, that that reminds me. So, what what story would you like next on the big screen from the classic era?
0: Well, I want. I, I want. Um, <laughs> I want I would like it to be unedited right. or at least edited so that it's good. Um I've got, I've got a lot of affection for the Sea Devils. Mm. Which I think has some great model work. It has some great and the actually the you know the model work actually in Journey to the Dark is pretty poor to right. be honest. Um the model work in uh, Sea Devils is 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 excellent. Mm-hmm. Um the masks in Sea Devils is also excellent. The stunts are also excellent. There's a lot of film in it, which would also be excellent. Sea Devils.
1: Hmm. Okay. That would be interesting on the big screen. How about you? I was thinking if I was doing another one, I would go for Pyramid of Mars. Ah. You wouldn't have to edit it down. You just combine it. And I think it would look pretty good on the big, big screen. Wow.
0: So you'd get someone contemporary to edit it down really by just kind of topping and tailing it.
1: Yep. Basically, the old PBS Omnibus, uh, Time Life Lionheart Omnibus format. It's 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 only in, what an hour and forty minutes as it is. So you would reduce it down to probably an hour and thirty five minutes. Okay.
0: Uh, do you do some work on the soundtrack, or you leave that? You leave it as? Yeah, as...
1: yeah. You do you do the same thing that you that Mark
0: Ayers yeah. did. Would you do a like enlightenment treatment, and like you put it all in widescreen? Um, again kind of topping and tailing it from the, from the top and the bottom mm. or would you leave it would you, or would it be shown in its original, <laughs> aspect, ratio? Presentation? Aspect, original aspect ratio I think it d- uh,
1: depends on how much money you want to spend on it if you were going to spend a lot of money on something like that yes, I think if you're going to do it in a cinema you go for the Invasion of the Dinosaurs with the CGI dinosaurs
0: <gasps> ok that's the other thing I hadn't <laughs> even, even thought of that I want them to totally Jurassic Park up Invasion of the yep. Dinosaurs Yep. Yep, that's what they need to do go on Steven Spielberg or whoever you are who does the dinosaurs nowadays <laughs> let's get some proper dinosaurs in there I know it's possible
1: well I think that would make the Blu-rays fly off the shelf there if they actually did that I would buy two season of them eleven
0: just, just, just to make them do it again yeah wow yeah I mean I, I don't have a Blu-ray player but we just talked about that if they did that <laughs> on the Blu-ray I'd buy it like no problem Yep. no, there you no go. worries so if you're listening to BBC get your fingers out I will buy that <laughs>
1: Well, I'm I'm expecting if the Blu-ray range does continue on, that season eleven would be pushed to the end of the range, uh, just in the hopes that we'd either get Invasion One back in right. color or work on color restoration better or improve the color restoration on it, right. or you'd do the CGI dinosaurs, yeah. And whatnot. Yeah. Who knows?
0: Who knows? Nobody knows. It could all yep. it could all happen.
1: All right, so next time, I think it'll be our two-year anniversary of podcasting. And as a podcast special, we will meet in person and try to record in person for the first time.
0: (laughs) Which will be, I think, very exciting for the two of us and also very exciting for our listener as well. So, um, (laughs) yeah, we will both be in Portland. So we'll be recording Mm -hmm. at David's house. Mm-hmm. Um, I assume, unless like you have a special, stu- special, special studio that you have. I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah, the podcast tower the, okay. from podcast <laughs> towers. Exactly. Cool. Okay. What's well, a slightly a slightly downbeat podcast this week? Well, um, I'm feeling mm, yeah,
1: perhaps. Yeah. yeah, but it, it's 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 just really nice to see. It you know the other thing that it reminded me of it, how how great it would have been to see uh, Doctor Who v- meets Scratchman or versus Scratchman ah, if they yes if they yes if if the Tom Baker, Ian Martyr, Liz Sladen picture in the late 70s actually got greenlit and was on the screen.
0: I would love to know more than I do know, and I'm sure there's more stuff out there that I haven't read. I'd love to know more about the friendship of Ian Martyr and, and Tom Baker because... Ian
1: Martyr and uh, Nick Courtney were pretty good friends too, as I recall. Yeah,
0: they were. I, and actually, I remember that from... I mean, Nick Courtney's uh, autobiography is actually a, a kind of a good read, in fact. I mean, talk about someone who's insecure. Jeez. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, they were also good friends, you know, and, and Martyr, you know, confessed his... You know, not confessed, but, you know, confided a lot of stuff in him, to, to him, which I think was interesting. But again, it's the loss of Ian Martyr. I mean, that's that's that that's also a terrible thing, really. I mean, he died so young, mm-hmm. and Carrie's such a great character. Right. So good, so well handled through his episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, underused, and obviously. Too. Underused, and, you know, he uh, obviously had a lot of affection for the show. His Target novelizations are awesome, and he did, he wrote other novelizations. You know, he worked on the kind of, you know, Companions of Doctor Who series that Target did. Um, and, you know, they were working on this movie with, um, with Tom, which I think we're sorry we didn't see that film. Man. And it would have, it would have. Would have been dreadful of course, mm, but still. I don't know. Uh, Vincent Price is the devil? I don't know.
1: I think he would have been okay. <laughs>
0: you think he would have been okay? Yeah. Yeah, I mean I, I, I'm 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 just I'm just thinking about uh, in general, kind of British TV movies British TV show movie spin offs of the seventies none of them were any good.
1: Mm, You don't think they would have hammer-horrored it up?
0: I think, I mean, they were definitely looking at hammer-horror, but if you look at, you know, On the Buses, the Morecambe and Wise movies, you know, the Sweeney movie, Mm. the Dad's Army movie, Mm. I mean, you know, all of those movies are absolutely awful. So, I mean, and I'm just saying, I'm not saying the Doctor Who spin-off movie would have been awful as well, but, you know, they were churning these things out and they were dreadful.
1: And they wouldn't have had the budget for they wouldn't have had a star wars budget for it put it that way no
0: no it would have been blood beast terror kind of level <laughs> budget one, one would assume um but you know maybe it would have been awful maybe maybe it would have been great you know maybe it would have been great who knows who knows just to have we would have had more who yeah more just who, to have yes. the old gang back together again would have been the great. old gang back together again mm-hmm. exactly yeah and as we as i complained at the very beginning you know the point of who is to have more of it not to have less of it is <laughs> yeah, very very true tie it all together Exactly. Yes. Tied all together at the end. So uh, uh, that implies we've come to the end of the 81st edition of the Metabeters 2 podcast.
1: And I have been talking with Ben.
0: And I've been talking with David. And thanks for listening. Thank you very much for listening. Good night.
1: It's always me that puts a foot in it.